0: Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative.
1: We're sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everybody. Get it for free in the App Store. What's it called again, Jen? It's oh, it's called Overcast. Overcast! I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is How to uh, manage your guilt and your friendships I don't know, Trin, what's this, what is the theme? We didn't name a theme, really The theme this week is more pandemic bullshit
0: <laughs> Friendship between humans has many benefits But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits View friendship at the problem Jen, this pandemic, uh, you know, it's
1: bullshit. (laughs) It is bullshit. I think that sums it up really succinctly and nicely. How are you doing? I'm doing okay.
0: Uh, In fact, Jen, there's somebody really important to me that I'd like you to meet. Oh? So since we're in my closet right now, I'd like you to meet Steamy, my steam mop. Oh
1: my God. Is that Steamy the steam mop?
0: Yeah.
1: uh, She and I have had some really good times together. I can't believe I'm finally meeting. Oh, oh, a little kiss. Oh, a little kiss on the cheek. Oh, I love her Tr- so much, Shereen, I can't believe I didn't tell you this, but I got a steam up too last <gasps> week. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't call you.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay, hold on. I'm gonna calm down. Um, so tell me everything about your journey. Have you begun the journey yet?
1: Yes, it is as magical as described. Okay, so it started way back in February. When I told my husband, I want to steam up for Valentine's Day. And to (laughs) you, listeners, maybe you think that's not very romantic. And I actually, it is. It is. I think making demands of your significant other in the month of February is the most romantic thing. And I said, not only do I want to steam up, I don't want to think about buying it. I want you to buy it for me. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we share an account. So the buying part isn't significant. But the part about not having to choose or worry about the shipment or logistics or going into a website. That's what I wanted to be done for me. Yes. And it didn't happen in February. I think I got a different Valentine's present. Uh, But we won't dock any husband points for that because I I do have a steam up now. Yeah. (laughs) I just saw Trin put a little note. A little note in her um, notebook, docking a couple husband points.
0: I'm going to be holding a slight grudge against him probably until next Thursday. I think that's quite yeah, long
1: enough. That yeah. seems reasonable. Yeah. Cool. So um, the other day, coming home from Walk with the Dog, and there's a big old box on the porch, and it says, This is no joke, Steam Boy 3000. <gasps> and I oh went, my God, I'm Oh Googling my him. God. Steam Boy is the name. Steam? Like, I, could, I couldn't come up with a better name than 3, Steam Boy. 000? I think I might be making up the 3000 part, but there was a number afterward. and It was definitely Steam Boy. I did not invent that. I wish I had.
0: Pro Steam Boy mop. Oh, he's so handsome.
1: Yeah, he's beautiful. He and I have become best of friends. Immediately plugged him in, put him to work. And
0: uh, my floors have never been cleaner. It's really, really nice. So, Jen, I don't know the specifics of your Steam mop. So I'm going to give you some advice for my Steam mop that might not re- might not work for you. Please. But- I have found that I don't love the, because I have a shark, of a shark steam mop. My parents nice. got me for Christmas when I was 30. <laughs> <'Cause> the, <laughs> beautiful. That's, that's the only thing your parents can really get you for Christmas when you turn 30, you know, is like, uh, well, what kind of cleaning implements do you want uh, for your life? Um, and uh, I have found that I prefer murphy's oil woods like the wood cleaning murphy's oil wood spray it smells like gentle oranges and you spritz your floor and you steam mop right over it and it's delicious and they the shark tells you not to do that ever but guess what i make my rules yeah yeah
1: it says like don't use chemicals whatever so do you put the chemicals in the boy or on the floor
0: so uh, when I use the Murphy's oil, I put it on the floor and I just and Got I it. steam up over it because Got I it. I use that anyway to clean wood with like hot water, so I already know that it that it works. It's just that this is hot, even hotter. So
1: literally taking notes right now. Thank you. <laughs> this is this is very helpful information,
0: Jen. For the pop culture corner this week, all that I have to talk about is Animal Crossing. That's it. What's the name of your island? Blood. <laughs> it's blood. it's, and blood. it's, blood it's just blood. So the problem that uh, I have seen many Animal Crossers come across. OK, so a quick overview of Animal Crossing and not to mansplain this to anybody, but Animal Crossing is a Nintendo game. I want to say this is something like the fifth or the seventh Animal Crossing game. It's existed for a very long time. And what it is, is. You play this little cute villager and then you go to this island or town or whatever it is in, th- in that version of the game and you just like, you know, cultivate it and make friends with the neighbors. And it's a very gentle, nice, all ages game. But all of my adult friends are playing it to the point where uh, I'll turn it on at any time of the day and definitely seven people will be playing it at the same time. And if somebody is playing a game that is not Animal Crossing and I could see it on my friends list, it's very much like, oh, my God, you're doing the wrong thing right now. Like,
1: yeah, did, did you not suspicious. know Animal
0: Crossing is out? <laughs> but my, my island is called Blood because, um, so in Stardew Valley and other games where they are, there are farms, islands, et cetera, when you name your location, often it'll say blank farm, blank oh, island. Oh, I see. And so I wanted to live on Blood Island, but because they did not add island in, I simply live on blood. And you live on Blood I do. And I planted because in the game, there's like flowers and things like that. I planted um, a huge swath of all red flowers called the blood fields. <laughs> and, uh, and I set up some like fires in it. And then um, I made an all red, uh, actually several all red outfits that I macroed to like me saying stuff. So I'll change into like an all red outfit and I'll shout blood ceremonies or I'll change into another all, all red outfit, oh maybe this time with a little red cardigan and little red sunglasses. And and I'll shout open for blood business. So uh, this is a kid's game, huh? Yes. So, but so here's what's important, Jen. What's important is that in Animal Crossing, you can make a best friends list. So while my nephews might be friends with my island, they're not on my best friends list. So I will be alerted if they are around. So I will there will be less blood. There'll should should a, my twelve year old nephew show up?
1: Slightly less blood if the nephews are around. We have a title.
0: You know what? I feel like. So I had been avoiding friending all of my nephews on my Switch because I was just like, this is, this is weird or whatever. But I actually think that we are both old enough now that they might get my weird humor. So one of them's 16, one of them's 12, another one's like 13. Do you think that they would think blood is funny or would they just be like, wow, my aunt's fucked up?
1: I, I think, good question. I don't really know, but I think they would appreciate your weird humor. I mean, I would be so intrigued as a 13-year-old if I had an older aunt and she liked blood. Right? Like I just. Yeah, I, I think kids kids appreciate weirdness.
0: I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to I think I'm think gonna text all my nephews and be like, come to blood. blood. Come Let's to blood. Come to visit blood. to my blood, blood
1: party. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Jen, how about your pop culture quarter? You've been watching or playing or reading
1: or listening to anything new lately? Oh, man. I am gobbling up books right now. And it's all like mystery, thriller, killing, murder, serial. Uh, everyone's, uh, there's a lot of, speaking of blood, there's a lot of blood in my books.
0: <laughs> I love how relaxing, I love how we take something that should be a relaxing hobby and then we decide <laughs> to make it stressful.
1: Yeah. And I read right before bed too. And it leads me to nightmares and I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> as long as you're
0: enjoying yourself.
1: I did have a like a long winded dream last night that I was just in a store, like around people shopping. And it was like, and I was joyful and delighted. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a, in the category of a pandemic dream. Like, oh. I don't even shop that much in person. And when this is not happening, but it's for some reason the dream I was.
0: You know, it's funny because so I the pandemic hasn't made its way into my dreams yet, which I I think it certainly will at some point. I have Animal Crossing dreams, though, and they're not like they're not straight up Animal Crossing dreams. It's more like, oh, man, I'm running out of money. I better gather some peaches and pansies for my island to sell kind of thing. And then my brain will be like, oh, no, that's Animal Crossing rules. That's Nintendo rules, not real life. You must be dreaming. Wake up.
1: Yeah, I do. I do want to get Animal Crossing. I do actually don't have a Switch anymore. Mine broke, so I need to get one. And I think they're like all on back order right now, but I do want to get one. I think I'm, I'm approaching the part of the quarantine where it's time. The reason I didn't rush into getting one and getting Animal Crossing other than that is because I keep saying the word loan and debt torn around related to Animal Crossing. And to me, that is not escapism. (laughs) So
0: a quick catch up. In Animal Crossing, uh, as well as having an island, your character will have a little home where that you can decorate. And the prettier it is, the well-coordinated it is, you get points for that, you get rewards. And you can make your home bigger and bigger. And there is a character, a little raccoon, little rascally raccoon. Tom. uh, Tom Nook. Uh, and he will build an extension onto your home, and then you will owe him thousands and thousands of bells, which are, are dollars. And it's not a, it's not that bad. And the reason is this. One, it's not, it's not so important to the game. If you don't want to make your home bigger, you don't have to. And two, he builds it first, and then the loan is there, and there's no interest, and you can pay it back whenever. Oh. And I just took out a 528,000-bell loan for an extension in my house, and I do not plan to pay it.
1: That's... That's incredible. So Tom's not like the slumlord character over overruling your blood island?
0: No, no, no. He's never like mad that you're not paying him back. He's just (laughs) he's like the best landlord ever. No interest, like work first. (laughs) Like he's, he's not he's not so awful. However, man, so Animal Crossing does just kind of keep unfolding to me because the universe has grown so many times over like so many games. And Tom Nook in this game, whereas on the previous game, you had a little town and like he was he was the guy who just did like the home loans or whatever now he like owns a phone company and you get like <laughs> you get like nook tom nook miles for things that you do oh uh,
1: it sounds like
0: tom nook has a monopoly absolutely and uh, and that was stressful for me yeah, break
1: up break up this tom nook uh wall street situation bernie would not be pleased with this tom tom nook character
0: Tom Nook is an oligarch that must be deposed by the people. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I really don't like it. Um, so in the beginning, so you, get, you have a phone. Your character has a phone in the game, which I've, I, I think is common in some video games, but I've never personally experienced it for some reason because uh-huh. I don't play a lot of console games. But the phone will bleep when you do something and you get like Nook points. So like you, you caught a butterfly. You get Nook points for that. And it happened so often in the beginning, I almost quit the game because I was like, I, I literally keep my phone off during the day now because I don't want my real phone. Why would I want this crazy bullshit with this, like, shitty oligarch from my island town, you know? Yeah, know.
1: yeah it's like one time I tried to replay Mass Effect. I tried to replay Mass Effect 2, actually, which is my favorite. But man, after replaying it like three or four times and having a computer job, it hits a little different when you get 10,000 emails in your little inbox in your little spaceship of your friends being like, help me, help me do this errand. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) Leave me alone. I got a lot on my to-do list right now. (laughs) Calm down. I'm working on it.
0: I think this is a pretty good transition into our discussion question and our regular question right now. Yeah. Just a, another a quick reminder to our audience, we're trying a new thing. We are doing a discussion and then a question. So we will get a lighter weight question or just a general topic. And, and talk about it a little bit. So if you have a general topic that you don't have a specific question about, but you do want to know a little bit more, feel free to email us. This question is a very good example of what we're looking for. Jen, would you like to read this or the question at the end? I will read this first one. That sounds wonderful. Let me hear your dulcet tones.
1: Hi, Jen and Trin. Hey. I have a question we can maybe all relate to these days. It seems simple, but it's a struggle. Here it is how do you hang up phone and Zoom calls when nobody has anywhere to be? I'm from deep guest culture, Midwestern style, and I don't have the gene that makes me comfortable just saying, okay, I'm done talking now. So my go-to is always, okay, I've got to run, go to work, do something, which isn't really the case right now. I know this seems silly, but I've noticed it a few times lately. What do I do? Don't do what I do.
0: What I do, I'd say maybe half the time, even on like work calls, is I'll start saying bye and then I will hold the bye until I hit the actual hang up button. So it'll be like bye and then
1: I'm gone. <laughs> um, Jen. Don't I, do what I do, which is slam my laptop closed and fling it through the living room <laughs> like a Frisbee. And then shout, fuck you. I never want to talk to you again.
0: <laughs>
1: like, OK. no, I th- Yeah, this is interesting, right? Yeah. The
0: asker mentioned Zoom. Zoom is a group video call software that you can do on your computer. So this this person, this asker, is going to video calls with their friends and not sure how to hang up. So here's the thing. There's no need to explain yourself because you're right. Nobody has anywhere to go. We're all in the same situation, but we're all in the same situation of a Zoom call can't last forever. A group call can't last forever. I think this is maybe even good practice for when eventually we're out of quarantine and you will need to leave a place and not have a direct excuse. I think this is a good time to practice to just say, but, oh, hey, I'm going to sign off or like talk to you guys next time. Or like this was really nice. We should do this again sometime. Or like, you know what, I just I got to head out or, um, you know, I, I'm grow weary of your presence. Don't say that last one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Zoom calls and phone calls do take up from your well of social energy, right? Even though you're not in person, you're still socializing. Some things you can say, um, you can give a little little half goodbye. I Midwesterns mean, love to do this. Like, hey, I'm going to sign off in a few. Or like, all right, about time for me to jump off. Time for me to close the old computer. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to go do this over here on the other side of the couch. Like, you don't really need a reason. The fact that you're, like, ready to be done talking is enough. Yeah.
0: Jen, I really like you st- stating it before you sign off. In pre-pandemic life, like in, in, you know, physical space of other people, what we would say is like start your goodbye tour, which is like it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to make the rounds and say bye to everybody before I leave sort of thing. This is what you're doing, but in a Zoom call context, which is just really remember the one very simple phrase, which is I'm going to sign off in a few.
1: The end, you know, or like, okay, let's do one more round of clip, quiplash, and then I should probably head out. Yes. And I guess my follow up question to the asker is Are people pressuring you to stay on the call? Like, maybe pressure is the wrong word, but they're like, Where are you going? What could you possibly be doing? Or like, Because, oh, I don't want to go yet. Yeah. Yeah. I've had 10,000 Zoom calls, mostly social ones, in the past three weeks. And I have not had a single person say, What? What could you possibly be doing? The only time I had a friend who accused me of uh, of being like, you have, don't have anything else to do, was I had a friend text me and ask, are you watching Survivor Live right now? <laughs> I said, actually, I'm not. I'm recording it. And he was appalled and was like, how could you not be? You have nothing else to do. And it's true and untrue in that I didn't want to, I was playing trivia on Zoom, so I couldn't watch Survivor Live and I didn't want to watch it with commercials. Yeah. So, um, So yeah, I mean, all of that is totally valid. Survivor is great. You get to do what you
0: want to do with your time. Nobody should be expecting you to stay trapped and imprisoned by their Zoom call, you know, like, I, God, yeah, yeah, I just um, I think that this is going to be also another situation because because the Esker mentioned like, oh, I'm very Midwest polite, whatever. I think that this is a I hate saying this, but this is an inside of your brain problem, which is not to say totally that like agree. you're not like causing problems for yourself or being an idiot. Like, please don't interpret it that way. But I do think that this is one of the situations where you have a little panel of your friends from the Zoom call living in your brain that you made up. They're totally false. And they're saying, I am so annoyed that you're getting off the call. In real life, nobody's pissed. I would guess, <laughs> you know,
1: I really doubt your friends care that you're done with the Zoom call. That's so understandable. This is a time to remind yourself that your friends love you and don't find you impolite.
0: Yeah. And like, even if it feels weird or choppy or, um, or you feel just like a little bit, it could have gone smoother getting off the call. Practice forgiving yourself for that because it's just, I would love you to go through your brain And think about the end of like all the like the last few Zoom calls you've had. Do you actually like remember if anybody was weird or how anybody signed off or how it ended? you probably just remember that feeling of, oh, I should have probably done that differently or better. There's probably a way to do this and I didn't. Um,
1: That's fake. okay? (laughs) like this, this is a. there isn't a right or wrong way, actually.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's even if there could be a right or wrong way to hang up
1: off of a Zoom call or group video call of any kind. Midwestern guest culture, people love being on the right side of things. Right. Understandable. But it wouldn't exist yet. (laughs) Exactly. We're all new to Zoom. And also, aren't you allowed to make mistakes? Yes. Like, wouldn't you have empathy for someone else in your Zoom call who wanted to leave or said something a little little strange on their way out of the Zoom call because they felt embarrassed? Like, wouldn't you have empathy for this person? So let's have a little empathy for yourself.
0: It's such a new, I mean, obviously, group video calls are not like wildly new technology, but it's new in the same way that social media is new, that we don't really have hard and fast rules for this. So if there's one thing that we can put in your brain from this question is disabuse yourself of the idea that there's a correct way to do this and that you're doing it incorrectly. It doesn't exist yet.
1: If there was yep, one. Absolutely. And, you know, even though you don't have anywhere to be outside of where you live, you can still use a white line and say you have something to do. Yeah. Because you, you do. You don't exist to live on Zoom calls or on your computer. If you need to nap or use the restroom or read or learn to jungle fruit or go clean, go clean your kitchen. Those are all things that you don't need to... Those are all things like you are a person outside of this Zoom call. You do have things to do. Right.
0: I mean, if you need a good go-to lie because you are feeling so awkward and guilty in the moment that it's hard for you to even say what the truth is. You can always say you're going to go eat a meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. Those are four different excuses you could use at any time of day. So
1: good. Any time of day. Oh, my God. Yeah. And like people don't like to be visibly eating on Zoom. So like so fair. Or if maybe you got to go cook. Like there's so many there's so many reasons why you, you can get off this call.
0: And um, just to wrap this up, one excuse that we all understand and will always get you out of anything is say you have to take a massive and sudden dump.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to have your 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 a microflora. You got to have your fibers. Take care of your intestines. Ask her.
1: I'm sure this is not where they expected the question to go, but this is that's the only piece of advice I want them to take away take from this whole episode. A
0: big, damp dump. Um. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so uh, anyway, next question. Yeah, I think it's your turn to read.
0: I know what I think it is. And I'm excited because um, so this question, I think so this question deals a lot with inequality and uh, the differences with which we are dealing with the quarantine. So we're going to get real. We're trying to we're going to definitely try not to get depressing. But if you have friends who have different obligations and responsibilities than you do and you're feeling really shitty, this is a really good, I think, encapsulation of that. How can I support my best friend from afar? My bestie, Lucy, she, her, is a single working mother of three kids under the age of 13. Her adult cousin Ethel lives there with her young child. Essentially, during this stay-at-home order, Lucy is at home all day parenting four children, so her own three plus Ethel's kid, while also working remotely full-time. Ethel works as a nurse, so the whole household has that added layer of stress because Ethel has to take extra precautions around self-isolating. Meanwhile, I, she, her, am a single adult who lives alone with no roommates, no partner, no kids. In a typical world, Lucy and I would get together once a week or so at her house to catch up, hang out, wine and whine, etc. Sometimes her kids are there, and I'm the helpful, fun aunt, and sometimes they're babysat by someone so we could do friend things together. We met at work, and we've been in one another's lifelines through some serious stuff. We are each other's people, but now we have to stay away for safety. I also want to note that we live in different towns, so therefore, to really abide by the stay-at-home order, neither of us can travel to one another. I have been really, really lonely here since I've had no physical contact with anyone. I do have coping mechanisms that I've learned through therapy, but sometimes those social distancing measures can get to be super isolating. However, I'm used to being alone. And to be honest, I'm managing pretty well right now. I've tried not to weigh Lucy down with how I'm doing because she's living on the exact opposite end of this isolation spectrum. She's around her kids all the time. She's working from home. She's in charge of the household because Ethel can't go out for groceries and supplies without taking risks to expose herself as she's a nurse. We make jokes about our situations, but I do worry about the feelings of jealousy that we have. I envy that she has people to go through this with, and I worry that she envies my solitude, which does have a lot of freedom to it. Usually, when times get tough, we are able to help each other out. Now, though, I feel helpless, and I worry that the isolation will keep us from connecting. How can I support Lucy from afar when all the usual things I do aren't possible? Stay healthy and safe from Mary Tyler Moore.
1: Oh, Mary Tyler Moore. I didn't know she... So cool to
0: finally meet you. Great advocate for animals, uh, Mary Tyler Moore. I really respect your work. Um... Sparked my interest in journalism as a young child. So I get the sense from this question that the asker wants us to know that she gets that she and her friend are just having different problems. Like her friend is like living, you know, she's got her family and everything. And I'm, I'm alone. I get that's a problem, whatever. But I'm getting an undercurrent, I feel of deep guilt from this question. Because you keep saying things like, you know, I'm, I'm handling the isolation and like, oh, she might be jealous of my isolation. But isolation still sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Before we get into this, at the very least, I want to convince you that you have problems that are that are worth dealing with, that are difficult to deal with, that are draining your energy. Like I want you to have more sympathy for your situation which does not take away from the empathy that you have for your friend situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can acknowledge the difficulties you are experiencing without comparing them to the difficulties of your friend. And I I understand why you're doing that because it feels unfair. You think you have it easier than your friend. Maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. Life really isn't that simple, you know? But something that Esker wrote was first sentence of this paragraph, I have been really lonely here. Uh, And then the last sentence of the paragraph is, but I'm managing pretty well right now.
0: But you're really Um, lonely just yeah, just because you're handling a thing doesn't mean it's not bad, you know, like you can handle having uh like I, I know that there are people who are stuck um, living with their shitty parents right now and they can't leave them, you know, like you might be able to handle that and stay in your room or whatever and adjust, but that adjustment in itself is uncomfortable and stressful <laughs> so let's start this by. I'd like you to be able to view your quarantining as work. Now, don't worry, we're gonna get to the fact that your friend has it really fucking rough right now, and you want to help her. But first third of this, I think we need to focus on you. So here are just a few tips on how to see it as work. One is, it's literally difficult. You said you're having a hard time. You're having a hard time. So I want you to not feel bad and guilty about how hard it is you know like like you feel bad that this is hard but it is a hard thing
1: so accept that it's hard the way i've personally been feeling in the past couple days is like overcast not particularly sunny but not like deep and dark either just like kind of like like managing doing okay sometimes the sunlight peeks out sometimes it does start to storm but for the most part i'm middle of the road hanging in there but I'm still having to use the phrase hang in there yeah. because something difficult is happening. And um, it's, it's OK to acknowledge that and that you can admit to yourself, yes, I am having a hard time. There's a lot of power in that.
0: Look for the news that shows you places that didn't social distance, which is uh, a piece of advice that I think only works sometimes because looking at the news can be very stressful. And we don't want you to like not have empathy for that. Like, oh, they fucked up or something like that. Well, no, it's a matter of policy, not individuals. But it can make you feel like you have a piece of this solution, because that is true. Next, remember the Zumba moms. OK, <laughs> like <laughs> like it was, um, you know, you've been probably quarantining for like six weeks or, or so. But like it has been a struggle to convince people to do it. It is so hard a thing that there are people who have straight up refused. So, like, it can't be so easy if there are people who are like, no, thanks. I'd rather other people die, you know?
1: Yeah, especially around Easter Sunday, people that were having people over and having dinners and and get-togethers. I was like, no, no, we can skip the get-togethers this year. But for some people, like you said, Trent, they're just refusing. So obviously this is a big hurdle we're all trying to go over.
0: My last piece of advice, and this is this is a thing that I really, really don't want you to do until you actually cover your your own real to do list and your own real to do list includes keeping your place clean, eating good meals, making sure you go outside every now and again, meditating, you know, structuring when you get your news, like actually do all of those things first and then add one more thing. The one thing that you can add is something like make masks if you have a bunch of 100% cotton and and a sewing machine. Donate money. Call your senators. I mentioned Indivisible Chicago quite a bit um, because they send you out a it's an organization that will send you a list of actions to do in the state of Illinois. So call your senators to ask them to pass this bill, etc. I can't always do it. You know, I wish I did all of my Indivisible daily actions every day, but I don't because it's hard. But when I do, it absolutely makes me feel a little bit better. It tells me that, oh, hey, you had an extra 10 minutes and you gave that away, you know?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, my piece of advice is related to this trend. I just want you to remember that you are doing the right things. Every time you have something delivered instead of going to pick it up, every time you tip extra or you're outside and you walk, you've swerved to avoid people. So you're 20 feet away instead of five or whatever. Those are the correct things. And uh I mean, Everyone should be doing these things, but I still want to, you to applaud yourself for them and remember that you are being productive even if you're just staying home. That is the productive and correct thing to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a whole new set of rules. It's a new to-do list that you, I mean, it's a new worldview that you're keeping into your brain all the time. Your perspective has shifted. You don't see people as, oh, they're just walking down the street. You see them as potential threats now, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we are very much stuck in like fight or flight, I feel. And, and it's OK and good to acknowledge that. Yeah, everything you're doing is so much better than the than the alternative that Republicans are already saying that this pandemic wasn't that bad because we're flattening the curve.
1: (laughs) Like, right. You know how? Oh, my God. You know how Mr. Rogers always says, look, look to the helpers. Yeah. In this case, it's like, look to the Republicans. What are they saying? Oh, they're saying the incorrect thing. So something must be going right. Yeah, just being a good
0: citizen and community member is so important right now, and it absolutely is its own job. I know that it doesn't sound like a whole lot of work to stay six feet away from people, but when it's a thing that you do constantly, all the time, unless you are fully alone,
1: I mean, that's a thing. I know it doesn't feel like a lot or enough when you know someone who is a nurse.
0: Yeah, um, and we're
1: definitely not. Yeah, like that is a is a, but that's also an unfair comparison because a nurse has all the training and the expertise to go do this amazing, difficult job they have to do right now. I mean, they have the expertise, but they don't have the tools or the funding. Anyway, I was uh, listening to an interview the other day where one of my favorite athletes was interviewing a nurse um, and, and on a podcast. And the athlete asked the nurse, what can we do right now to help make your job easier? And all she said was stay home. Yeah, Stay home. That's what you can do. I ne- I'm going to give you one thing, and that's what I want you to do. So you are supporting the nurses by staying home.
0: And I also want to mention the stress of... How this pandemic has really highlighted the problems in our society, you know, like I don't think that it's possible to read the news or, you know, to have a friend, a single mom who has three kids and not realize at every moment that we have an entire underclass that the ruling class finds fully disposable. And like living with that truth is actually hell, you know, like there have been it's just it's just hard to grapple with the idea that there are absolute fucking bozos in charge of our lives and deaths. They, they are, you know, and uh, that you can chill sometimes is not the problem. Everybody should have that ability. It is it is inhuman to be tightened up and, and stressed all of the time. We made life in this country and I guess in general in North America way more difficult for parents specifically. We told them you can only live with one partner, no community, just that partner. And if you spend less time with your kids, you're doing it wrong. If you don't make enough money, you're doing it wrong. We're not going to help you out. Like those systemic issues are what's getting your friend down and not your ability to chill occasionally.
1: Man, yeah, I totally thought about that trend. Like I'm not a parent, but I thought a lot about what it would mean to spend hours and hours and hours a day with your child right now. And um, Justin Timberlake was quoted as saying he's doing like, he's parenting 24 hours a day and it's really hard. And uh, people are giving him shit for it because it's like, yeah, we're not all rich. People have to do this every day. But anyway, what I've been thinking is like, I don't think at any time in like ancient history were, were human beings meant to spend this much time with their children. Like, like, think about it. In like ancient times, we sent our kids off into the community, into the village go see your aunts and uncles go and friends and like go out there, like go leave the house and then come back for meals or whatever. But now there's nowhere to go. And it's uh, it's in, I don't like it. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Man, it's like this is absolutely hard in a different way for parents. And I can't speak for parents, especially because they're all dealing with this very, very differently. You know, your friend is having, I think, unequivocally a really hard time. But for many parents, you know, the to-do list and the structure of that does keep them grounded. And the idea that, I mean, you know, also parents tend to like their kids, too. I mean, it's not awful for everyone. Um, (laughs) You're dealing with um, forced isolation and she's dealing with Forced isolation with her offspring, you know, and it is different. She is getting physical contact and hugs and snuggles. You're not, you know, and like I'm not saying and man, I, I just want to make really clear that I know that the life of a parent is, is more difficult right now. I'm all I'm trying to prove is that you're not taking something from this person by relaxing and you are not causing that shift. And they do have some benefits of being around their family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like their house is probably filled with chaos and laughter. And that's something um, that you said you you don't have right now. I totally agree. It's harder for parents right now, but please don't, please don't pretend that you have it all sunny and great. Yeah. Like
0: the difficulty that parents are having is deeply unfair. (laughs) You know, Uh, the fair thing again would be that everybody has chill time, that everybody can play Animal Crossing for a little while. Yeah. I just you're not causing this unfairness. So let's talk about what we can do. So we've I think we've settled like, hey, uh, hey, ask her. Hey, Mary Tyler Moore. Like, you know, you're doing OK. You've got your own hell to deal with. Deal with that. But the first way to start is accept that not every parent's experience through this will be homogenous. You don't know actually what her day looks like or how stressed she is or or what she needs help with until you ask her because her life is is individual and unique.
1: Yeah. And I think your imagination is probably imagining the worst and you're definitely not imagining all the good moments she may be having too. And yeah, talking to your friend is the first step, right? I would ask what they need. If you have extra energy to give right now and you want to give it, I would ask how, like, how are you holding up? How can I help? Do you need me to cheerlead you and tell you that you're a super parent? Do you need to vent? Do you want me to entertain the children on a Zoom call for like as long as I can? Like, if you, have, if you have ideas you can offer them, and you mentioned that you make jokes about the situation with your friend, and that might be helping more than you even know. Yeah. Like, levity and humor and warmth are very powerful forces right now. And uh, that might, that might, like, and don't underestimate how much your presence, even from far away, could and is probably helping. Like, the fact that you were writing this question tells us a lot about the depth of your friendship. And I love, I was really moved when you said, We are each other's people. Yeah. That's a beautiful, that's an amazing thing. And you are each other's people in a time of pandemic. And uh, that doesn't change the fact that, um, you know, you know you're the, what your friendship right now, it's going to look different than it ever has. And that's not a failure of you at all. You're just doing the best in the circumstances you have.
0: And I also I, I feel another sense of guilt in this, that the asker feels like they must do something for their friend. And which I think is a is a beautiful thing. If you feel that you deeply want to help your friend and do something to help her, absolutely ask her what that is and then do that thing. But you are also most obligated to take care of you because having a healthy and well-functioning you in the world is so, so good and we need it. We actually like do. The better you take care of yourself, if you want to think about it super practically this way, um, the better you take care of yourself, the less resources you're going to need. You know, like if you... <gasps> Yeah. If you are quarantining and staying away from people, you're not going to need that hospital bed. If you are taking care of your mental health and your and your energy, then you will be rested at the time that you are needed. So, if it's really that your friend your friend's life is very full right now, there's nothing you can do other than like send a meme every now and again. That actually could be the answer and we need you to be okay with that. That that you can't do the help that they need is something that you may need to accept.
1: Yeah, I mean what you're one person, what can you possibly do? And I know that you've been there for your friend and they've been there for you in in serious moments in your life. But right now, the best thing might be something really small and it might be time to start accepting the feelings of uselessness. And you might have to sit a sit in your worry and try and be okay with that.
0: Yeah. And when you do that, when you do sit in your worry, notice that you're alone. Notice you are sitting and worrying alone, keeping your germs to yourself, not spreading any viruses, and just doing that is helpful and good and i I'll be honest, like as well as I'm holding up in the isolation because I am introverted and i do I do really love not going out it's really great um I still am managing my feelings. I'm managing the survivor's guilt, basically, and which take up a lot of my mental energy and a lot of my time. I guarantee you that everybody is always in one of these four modes all the time. You are either receiving news, which is almost always bad. You are preparing based on the news that you received. You are grieving or you are resting. And that's it at all times. Yeah. Everyone. So if you are not able to f- have the energy and time to take care of your friend because did you even mention that you do have extra time and space to do this? All you mentioned yeah, not really. You said you really know. You said you're in therapy and that you feel isolated and you never have physical contact. Holy shit, you sound like somebody who's worth taking care of. Man, I know that putting your fucking gas mask on first is not easy, but you need to do it.
1: One thing I want to I want to mention too. One thing I want to point out is that the asker said I worry about feelings of jealousy about each other's situations. I envy that she has people to go through this with. I worry that she envies my solitude. I wonder if this is worth voicing to your friend. Not in a way that makes you all need to take on some kind of serious friendship discussion, because like, who has, who has the mental energy for that? Acknowledging these feelings might free you up a little bit. Like if you said to your friend, I'm worried about how different our situations are. Like, I feel guilty about venting to you. Your friend might say like, oh my gosh, don't worry about it. I don't mind at all. Or they might say, man, I really am jealous of you. And that's your cue to like, now you've learned some very interesting information. I mean, it sounds like you have a very deep and long friendship that's under like been through a lot. So I would consider the idea of next time you do have time for a Zoom call and you're drinking wine, maybe voice this. Like, Yeah, I wish I wish there was more noise and and loudness in my house right now. I bet your friend will understand.
0: Yeah, you can say like, I wish I could give you some time to chill.
1: I wish that I could give
0: you a Ron Burgundy. Not a Ron Burgundy. (laughs) I wish I could give you a a Ron Swanson (laughs) birthday of like your favorite movie, your favorite meal in a quiet room. I wish I could give you that. And I also wish that I could. Say that you
1: wish you could switch for a second. Right.
0: I wish I could throw your kids around for you and play Ninja Jedi. That's what I want, you know the solution is asking talking communicating and taking care of yourself and also like you said there were you're worried that there's jealousy between the two ask and then um and then vent about the shitty parts of both of your lives maybe you'll feel a little better so my very dearest like friend basically in the whole world she's in definitely in my top 5 carlin um so she has a kid um and full-time job and uh and is dealing with all of this shit uh and and I am, you know, I'm doing fine, kind of. I'm doing kind of like the what Asker is doing. Like if the isolation gets to me, I'm dealing with the survivor's guilt, all that stuff. And I only have a small amount of energy to help other people. And that makes me feel terrible. I really wish I had more. I wish that I had uh, the, the, the energy to do my indivisible daily actions every day. I wish I called everybody every day, but I can't. And uh, And when I try and push that, my brain pushes back. And I have a meltdown <laughs> and I feel shitty, you know, and I need to take care of myself and recover. So I do try to help in the small ways I can, which is Carlin is deeply extroverted and I'm not. So I put together a uh, like a quiplash Zoom call for us because I knew that's what she would enjoy. And I knew there was something that was in my capabilities. And I'm definitely not going to do it again for like another two weeks because it, it drained me, you know? This is all to say that if and when you do reach out and you do help, remember that it was work, okay? No matter what you end up doing, remember that it was work and you do get to recover from that work. Man, it's just the shame and the guilt going around. Everybody wishes they were doing more, but they can't. And God, I wish, I wish we could reconcile that somehow.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, this is a strain on your friendship. Maybe strain is the wrong word, but it's, it's a question you're having about your friendship that you've never had before, right? Because you said we are each other's people, and what I usually do, I cannot do. Yeah. It kind of feels like you're, you're doing the best you can with the information and the tools you have. You don't have much available to you right now, but nobody does.
0: Yeah. I wish I had a like, more actions for you to do. I wish that there was something more concrete we can tell you beyond you need to ask. Because again, unprecedented, new times. So there are honestly kind of few things you could offer anyway. You live far away. Maybe you could mail something, listening to them vent. Maybe you can distract her kids by watching a Netflix movie with them and, or something. I don't really know. I, I think that it's important for you to recognize and realize that your options are very limited, and there's probably just not a good answer for this.
1: Yeah, and recognizing that the relationship you do have the person you are in your friend's life is still so important. It's more important than you can than than you realize right now. Like if you are the person your friend this friend texts during the day, or vents to, or sends photos of their kids to, whatever your relationship looks like, that is really important. Yeah. That fact that you're able to communicate at all right now is kind of a miracle with how much they have on their plate. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, dang Jen, I feel like that's about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really trust this asker. To treat this friend with a lot of sensitivity because they are so they feel so guilty about the fact that they have a lot of alone time and their friend doesn't. So I have no doubts that you are not like being insensitive and making them feel guilty or jealous, uh, even inadvertently. Like I really think the fact that you have thought this much about even the potential hurt you could cause your friend really makes me believe that you are causing no hurt at all.
0: Yeah, I really feel like we all have. These expectations that we make for ourselves, but we think our friends are giving to us like (laughs) like uh, I strongly doubt, although, of course, there is a chance. But I strongly doubt that any, if very many of your friends are thinking to themselves, damn it, she's got nothing to do. Why didn't she help me and reach out? Nobody's fucking thinking about that. They're thinking about the planet right now.
1: Yeah, man, that's so true. And we're all looking at unprecedented levels of time where all we can do is think. And man, yeah. that that can be really bad. Really really not great for the old really old brain upstairs.
0: Yeah. I mean, not only so, I mean, like, I I know we've been constantly saying like isolation is hard, but that's one of the other ways that isolation is is very hard is you don't have any outf- outlet for this. And so your shitty thoughts sit in there and fester because you didn't barf them out in front of somebody. And somebody didn't say to you, hey, that thing you barfed out is really gross. Stop thinking that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not true. Like they're not they're not around right now. And I think it's important to try to start being that for yourself. I'm so glad you're in therapy. God. Man, if anything, man, we need so many more therapists and we need it to be so much easier to access. Ooh, I hate society. Ooh, Jen. Ooh. ooh. ooh I hate it. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so mad. I'm oh, so mad. So mad about... Ugh. Anyway. Oh. Jen. I think it's I think we can wrap up. I think this is a good place to end. Is there anything you wanted to add before we shut her down?
1: I just want to reiterate to the asker that quarantining for this length of time, no matter how introverted you may be, is still difficult. You're still in unprecedented circumstances and your friendship is looking like it's never has before. And that's not anyone's fault. It's just you trying to cope. And I understand the impulse of wishing you could do more, but you should know that you actually are enough.
0: Oh, Let's end on that oh, very
1: sweet, so note. sweet Oh, I love So sweet.
0: Oh, I love it. was just sweet and cuddly and squishy. Or the cutest. Squish it. The it the okay. Anyway, this has been Friendshiping <laughs> with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to uh, email us a question, please do at friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us specific questions or you can ask us general questions. You can ask us questions about the pandemic. You can ask us questions about after the pandemic. We are so open to talking about whatever it is that you need to discuss. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at do friendship, at gen dangerous with two N's, and at trin and tonic. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing our design work. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our song. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy from afar. And thank you for listening.
1: You're welcome for talking. Do at the problem? Um. That is hilarious. It's, it's the neighbors, and they haven't hammered a thing in like ever, <laughs> for right now they decide.